0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Transportation Authority of Marin Board of Commissioners meeting, February 22nd, 2024. Um, prior to the roll call, I would like to make it clear for the record, and it should be reflected in the minutes, that Commissioners Carroll and Commissioners Cool are participating remotely under the Just Clause of AB 2449. Um, Jennifer, can you... Um, bring on commissioner cool i believe we have to ask him a question is that correct
1: um yes um if commissioner cool and commissioner commissioner carroll can let us know if there's anyone over the age of 18 present at their location
0: wonderful commissioner cool is there anyone over the age of 18 present at your location no thank you i think i heard a a no from both commissioners cool and commissioners carroll thank you jennifer can we have a roll call
1: commissioner beckman here commissioner blaustein absent Commissioner carmel
2: here
1: commissioner carroll here Commissioner colin present commissioner catrano absent commissioner farrakh here commissioner fredericks is absent commissioner Chemnitzer? here commissioner cool here, here. Commissioner Milton Peters. Here. Commissioner Rice. Here. Commissioner Rodoni. Here. Commissioner Sackett. Vice Chair Lucan is absent. Chair Colbert. Present. Great. You have a quorum.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Can we get the public participation announcements, please?
1: Yes. For members of the public participating in person, the board chair will recognize persons from the audience who wish to address the board during public open time or on a particular agenda item at the time that item is considered by the board. Members of the public participating by Zoom may provide verbal comment on any item during the open time for that particular item by using the raised hand feature, or dialing star nine and waiting to be called upon to provide your comment. Please note that there is a two minute limit per comment. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. We'll move on to our agenda. Item one, uh, chair's report. The chair does not have a report this evening. Move on to item number two, commissioner's reports and commissioner matters not on the agenda. Can we start off with the MTC report from Commissioner Moulton-Peters?
3: We could, but MTC doesn't meet until next week.
0: All right. (laughs) Well, brevity. Anyway, we'll move on to Marin Transit from Commissioner Sackett, I believe.
4: Thank you so much. Um, So at uh, the Marin Transit February board meeting, we talked um, about MTC sponsoring state enabling legislation regarding the future regional transit um, revenue measure and um, Marin transit did endorse a set of principles to guide Marin Transit's participation in those conversations. A few of those principles include Fair funding for transit return to source element um, and minimizing confusion with the um, Baffa regional housing bond measure. Um, so there will be more discussion on that i'm sure, and then the second item I just wanted to let you know about it or in transit was we did an evaluation of the mere woods um, shuttle, mm-hmm. and um, while there's been a decrease in ridership. Um, it's still a very well utilized um, mode of transportation. A new contract was awarded and the um, costs for that service are gonna be shared between the National Park Service um, in, in more of an equitable way, I believe. Um, where marine Transit won't be responsible for more than four thousand four hundred thousand dollars in that first contract year, which is funded through Measure A sure. and Measure AA, and the rest will be funded by the national parks. Um, so we need a deep dive on that.
5: Thank you.
0: Thank you. We'll move to the SMART report from
5: Commissioner Collin. Thank you. Standing in for Commissioner Lucan. Smart ridership in January was 43% over January 2023, although we have seen that when it rains, uh, there's a little bit lower ridership. Uh, The weekend ridership continues to be strong. The weekend boardings in January were up 10% over 2019. Uh, General Manager Cummings talked about our engineering team who are making great progress. We're not just a railroad, we're also a construction company. Uh, The current major projects include Petaluma North Station, Windsor Extension, and 10 pathway segments in design and three are in permitting and a public announcement that due to the construction at Petaluma North, SMART will have a partial closure in March and April, Uh, March 23rd and 24th. They will operate uh, the weekend schedule from Petaluma downtown to Larkspur, but not north of there. And then April 13th and 14th, reconstruction of McDowell Boulevard crossing. And again, we'll operate that we can schedule Petaluma downtown to Larkspur. You can go to the SMART website and see that same information. Uh, Two more things. We continue to have our strategic plan um, uh, workshops where folks can participate and give comments. And what we've done is had each one is a different subject. So the completed ones, January 31st, they did a SWOT, which is Strength, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Challenges, or uh, Threats Analysis. And then February 7th was Ridership, We have three more upcoming, February 28th, talk about pathways, March 14th, extensions, and March 27th, freight. And finally, we had a wonderful presentation from the Golden Gate team, which I think we'll get to hear again this evening. Thank you, Chair.
0: Thank you for that report. Um, Do any commissioners have any matters not on the agenda that they would like to bring forward at this time? Seeing none, Jennifer, do we have any public comment in the chambers? Concerning matters that are not in the agenda, we're not yet on open time. (laughs) Any uh, public comment uh, concerning those reports or Jennifer?
1: I don't see any hands raised at this time, Chair.
0: Thank you. We'll move on to item number three, the executive director's report.
6: Okay. Thank you, Chair. And good evening, everyone. Nice to see you all. Uh, I have the usual few slides to share. So uh, if Jennifer could pull those up. Um, so we uh, were fortunate last month to be able to host the Citizens Oversight Committee, TAMP Citizens Oversight Committee, on a tour of Marin Transit's Marin Access Facility and also the Marin Sonoma Narrows Construction Site. Um, and uh, I think that it was very beneficial. A number of the COC members really appreciated the opportunity to kind of go out and see the Um, TAM funds in action, if you will. So um, they had a tour from Marin Transit staff of the um, San Rafael facility and also got information about the services that are offered there, as well as the kind of full suite of Marin Transit um, operations and um, facility needs as well. And then uh, they were transported in one of Marin Transit's buses to the Marin Sino Moneros construction area where we had a tour by the Caltrans project staff of kind of what's going on with that construction site. And uh, we lucked out and it was a sunny day. uh, So that put everybody in a good mood. And I wanted to just offer thanks to Marin Transit General Manager Waylon and uh, um, the Marin Transit staff, TransDev and Caltrans staff for uh, helping to coordinate and host this tour. Next slide. Um, We've talked about the bike share program that we expect to launch later this year, and uh, we have had a survey up on our website along with the Sonoma County Transportation Authority to help name the system. Uh, So the link to it is right on the TAM homepage and uh, will be there through February. There are a few names that um, have been sort of offered to uh, vote on. There's also a write-in option, and we've gotten some fun things through that as well. Um, So we expect to wrap up the naming pretty soon. And this is actually important because the names and the color scheme will go on the bikes. So we need to make this decision before we can get the bikes uh, kind of ready for a launch later this year. So feel free to check it out. Um, Turning now to zero emission vehicle sales in 2023, the California Energy Commission recently released updated info on um, EV sales throughout the state of California, and they have it available by county. So um, sharing the Marin County information here. And you can see that in 2023, 37.7% of the car sales in the county were um, zero emission. And in the fourth quarter of 2023, that number bumped up a little bit to 38%. So this is uh, almost 13% higher than the state average, which was 25% for 2023. So I think Some of you may have seen some media articles about how the um, EV sales nationwide are starting to slow down. We are not really seeing that here, and I don't think we're seeing that in the state in general. So um, you can see which direction the chart is going here. So uh, maybe a localized trend, but some of those national trends don't seem to really apply here. Um, Also kind of related to EVs, the uh, CEC also announced uh, earlier this month a $1.9 billion investment plan to help accelerate progress on EV charging and hydrogen refueling. Um, So they plan to make investments in light, medium and heavy duty uh, vehicles and um, fueling infrastructure across the state over the next four years. Uh, some of these funds are tied to the budget and some of them have already been approved. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye on how this rolls out, but they uh, they do plan to um, invest to reach a goal of 40,000 new chargers statewide through this program and 250,000 chargers statewide through a combination of state funds, federal funds, private funds, uh, and other investments. Most of these funds are going out through competitive and discretionary programs. So uh, we will definitely keep an eye on those and see uh, if there are any that are applicable to Marin County. Next slide. State Route 37, I wanted to share two announcements that um, Caltrans made earlier this month, or maybe it was late January. Um, So first is they announced a new expanded partnership for the corridor. So, you know, there has been a partnership between the four North Bay counties and Caltrans and MTC to help develop uh, the corridor program. And that partnership has been in place for quite a few years. And uh, recently as the projects are moving from planning into construction and um, kind of require more engagement with some of the state and federal permitting agencies in particular, uh, the partnership is being expanded to include uh, tribes, environmental agencies, and federal and state leaders. So the original partners are still definitely um, part of the whole overall group, uh, but it is being expanded. Um, Caltrans also um, late last month, I believe, completed the environmental document for the flood reduction project in Marin County. So um, they had issued a draft in August, I think, and then uh, they just announced that they are now complete with that. So that allows uh, that portion of the project to move into design. And um, a press release about these items is included under item 5C, which is on the consent agenda, if anybody would like a little more information. Um, Commissioner Sackett, I believe, mentioned the uh, the MTC potential regional measure in the context of Marin transit. And um, just a quick update on that, that in January uh, MTC commission did give staff the authorization to seek legislation at the state level that would be needed in order to authorize putting a measure on the ballot. Um, There is a spot bill for that SB 925 that includes only some really general introductory language at this point, no specifics. Um, MTC staff has been looking at four categories for a potential expenditure plan, and those are shown on the slide here so uh, focus is really on transit but also could include safe streets connectivity and climate resilience and um, staff and uh, our Sacramento consultant Gus Corey will definitely be back in front of the board as more details are developed with that bill. Next slide, Um, another piece of Caltrans news. So next week, February 29th, Caltrans is hosting a meeting regarding um, a project that they are undertaking to look at potential um, improvements along Highway 101 and State Route 1 and the Manzanita Park and Ride in Southern Marin to help address flooding and sea level rise Um, so uh, they're inviting the public to comment on some of the initial thoughts uh, at caltrans and kind of talk about what kinds of projects or plans might uh, work well for the community for the future Um, there really is not funding for actual construction of a project yet but this is kind of kicking off the process and uh, as we know you have to start these things in order to make progress on them so caltrans is starting uh, this work and uh, invites the public to participate Next slide. Um, so turning to some community news, I had the opportunity to present at the Marin Economics Forum's annual Forecasting the Future event. And uh, some of you were there, so it was nice to see you. Um, mostly the focus was a quick introduction on TAM and then really talking about the Marin Commutes program and the, the opportunities that that offers for employers and employees in Marin. And uh, I'm happy to say that we did receive some inquiries following the event. So. Uh, It was a good opportunity to drum up business for the program. Um, And then just a quick note, uh, Tam is a member of something called the Self-Help Counties Coalition, which uh, we don't talk about that much, but we do work with pretty closely. And that's a group of the 25 counties in California that have approved transportation sales tax measures for themselves, so similar to our Measure AA program. Um, And the coalition has a staff of one person, and uh, he has actually been very instrumental in helping to um, keep us apprised of things going on in Sacramento and to kind of speak on behalf of the coalition. Um, So as a volunteer gig, there is a chair and vice chair and... uh, Um, And uh, I was selected to be the vice chair for the next two years. The chair is Patricia Taylor from Madera County. The previous chair and vice chair were from San Francisco and uh, Los Angeles. So now they're sort of flipping to other areas of the state. So looking forward to that opportunity. And uh, the next slide is just uh, the usual monthly list of um, some of the community uh, outreach events that we've participated in. That concludes my report and I'm happy to answer any questions.
0: Thank you, Anne. Any questions for Anne?
4: Commissioner Saget? I would just say thank you for presenting at the Marin Economic Forum. I think it was well received and a lot of people learned about, in particular, the emergency ride home that didn't otherwise know about it. So I appreciate you being there and sharing that message.
0: Thanks. I'll I'll second that. Nice job at that presentation. Oh, Commissioner Rice?
7: Yeah, uh, thank you to uh, Ann for the report. Appreciate all the information, but also I, we have a commissioner report. Now that Commissioner Catrano is here, I know he had a report on our field trip um, with Congressman Huffman yesterday.
8: You want me to lead off on that? Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for suggesting it. Uh, we had a pretty fantastic uh, field trip yesterday um, with Congressman Huffman. Uh, leaders from Marin Municipal Water District, uh, as well as, uh, Marin County Fire, um, Supervisor Rice and, uh, Marin County Department of Public Works and Town of Fairfax, uh, all working on, um, bringing these agencies together to figure out how we're going to go after federal dollars, um, for multiple agencies and, and, um, different partners for Fairfax Bolinas Road, um, is extremely, um successful field trip, I'd say. So very grateful.
7: And that's it. And Commissioner Katrina nailed it. And um, our thanks also to um, Tam and staff for your participation in the partnership thus far, far as we work to address that road, which is actually important to the entire county of Marin, as it turns out. So.
0: All right. Thank you both for, for that report. Uh, not seeing any other commissioner updates. Jennifer, any public comment on the ED's report in the room or online?
1: I don't see any hands raised at this time, Chair.
0: All right, we'll now move on to item four. This is open time for public expression, up to two minutes per speaker on items not on the agenda that are within the subject matter of the agency's jurisdiction. While members of the public are welcome to address the board under the Brown Act, board members may not deliberate or take action, uh, may not take action on items not on the agenda and generally may only listen Matthew. Uh,
9: Thank you. Uh, Good evening, commissioners. My name is Matt Hartzell. This is the handout that goes along with my comments. You've heard a lot about progress on the North-South Greenway Gap Closure Project northern segment, and it's very deserved. But now it's the southern segment that desperately needs your attention, and it needs it now. Until the southern segment is built, there is no safe and ADA accessible way for people to reach the northern segment from any point south. And to access any of the facilities that the northern segment connects to, such as Smart, the Larkspur Ferry or the Cow Park Hill Tunnel to San Rafael. The current bike route that avoid uh, that's on the ground now because the southern segment hasn't been built yet, it is quite dangerous. It passes through busy freeway interchanges and uncontrolled intersections. It's stressful conditions that deter all but the most confident of cyclists. If TAM's goal is to get people out of their cars and reduce vehicle trips, all ages and abilities infrastructure is the only answer. Smart and the Golden Gate Ferry both have a first and last mile problem. The southern segment has the highest return on investment of any potential solution to that problem. The second page of this handout shows how most of the southern segment passes through publicly owned right of way. We recommend that TAM divide the Southern Segment project into two phases, just as they did with the Northern project Segment, with Phase 1 being the portion along the town of Corte Madera's right-of-way between Warnham Drive and Industrial Way. The third page shows that until Phase 2 is built, on-street connections on low... St- low traffic industrial way and rich street could temporarily close the gap between phase one of the Southern segment and phase two of the Northern segment. Phase one of the Southern segment is an ideal candidate for the Bay trail grant program, which has $150 million for gap closure projects like this one. The MTC has already increased the Southern segment score thanks to WTB TAMS advocacy and the canal Alliance also supports it because of its equity benefits. Please direct staff to apply for the Bay trail grant program for, to bring the segment. Phase one of the Southern segment is shovel ready. Thank you.
0: Do we happen to have any additional public comment that is actually well-timed with Matthews?
10: <laughs> we do. My name is Patrick Seidler uh, from WTBTM. My packet has the front of it, the Central Rim Ferry Connection from 2007. My comments tonight will also be directed to completing the North-South Greenway Gap Closure Project. Um, the project is also known as the Central Rim Ferry Connection and has been going on for over 21 years. For a little bit of perspective, the Cal Park Hill Tunnel project took only 16 years from conception to riding through the tunnel. Um, and you can see on the front page in 2007, TAM had already completed a feasibility study for the uh, Central Wind Ferry Connection. And in 2017, there was a public workshop that had already been starting to be held uh, getting the project uh, advanced. Um, and then the best news is on page two. TAM advanced SMART $850,000 to get this segment completed, and it's, uh, and it's which is great news. And page three shows the alignment. And take a look at page three. What SMART did as a responsible community agency was they took, removed parked cars that were leaking oil into the wetlands. And SMART is doing their strategic plan workshops right now. And the uh, last session on February 7th was about increasing ridership. And the number one strategy that, that seemed to be uh, surfacing to increase ridership was complete first and last mile segments. The Southern Marin Greenway segment may be the most important first and last mile in the entire Smart Rail system. It connects the Larkspur station to the entire Ross Valley and Southern Marin, which doesn't have the train. Plus, it connects pedestrians and cyclists to the ferry. We believe Smart is primed to work with TAM to complete the most important southern connection to the Larkspur station. It is as if the $850,000 has been held in trust to complete the Southern Segment. We recommend that TAM engage SMART and follow their lead to bring the Southern Segment to shovel-ready status. 30% engineering, environmental clearances, and permits with the $850,000. Thank you for your consideration, and thanks SMART for its leadership, keen focus, and community outreach. The only thing that's stopping us from achieving this is political will. Thank you.
0: Do we have any additional public comment?
11: Good evening, evening, commissioners and director. Um, Jean Severinghouse here, resident of the area in question. Um, I have two key points to to ask you. I support both uh, Matt and Patrick's um, presentations. I would like to be sure that the gap closure is safe, convenient, and inviting for all ages and abilities. I, for example, cannot walk in front of Trader Joe's because I have to keep the attention of four different car drivers at once just to cross the main entrance. It's simply not possible. And on a bicycle, I just don't do it anymore. So um, very important to me to have the southern segment built. Second is that uh, women typically League of American Bicyclists study this, um, want it to be safe comfortable and attractive in order to ride a bicycle, and women ride in unfortunately much less numbers than men. We know that 60% of people have a bike at home and want to ride, they don't because it's not safe, comfortable and attractive, and many of us are women. Um, the second thing is I'd like you to make it beautiful. The, uh, thanks to Bill Whitney and all of TAM, the Cal Park Tunnel Hill is beautiful. The bridge across the Francis Drake is beautiful. The new bridge across the corner of the Eric Creek is beautiful. We can do this, we can make this beautiful. Um, it's a nature trail. You get up there on the berm that's already there. You can sniff and smell the oxygen coming off the pickleweed. It is a it's a good place to be, even of its own, without having to be a, a connection. Third is this is low hanging fruit. Uh, if you look at one of the the uh, the packet that shows the southern segment right of way, you can see in blue the um, segment which is belongs to Smart and. As Patrick pointed out, we've already paid to have the trail there. And then Corta Madera has the right-of-way in green. That's an old train. And it'd be great if Corta Madera would just begin by putting compacting gravel on that segment, to because it's both rutty and muddy right now. Um, so um, let's see. Can you, um, it's it's a little over two minutes. Oh, so sorry. So. Up. We need your work. We need your help, Tam. I've been working on this since 2003. You guys can do it. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Any additional public comment in the room? None, Jennifer, any online?
1: Chair, I don't see any hands raised at this time.
0: All right, thank you. We'll close public comment and move on to the consent calendar. Do any of my commissioners have any requested changes to the consent calendar? Jennifer, any public comment on consent in the room or online?
1: I don't see any hands raised at this time.
0: Thank you. can I get a motion, please? So moved. First by Catrano. Second by Second Corda Madera. Beckman. Uh, we will do a roll call, Jennifer, because we have uh, people online. Please,
1: Commissioner Beckman. Yes. Commissioner Carmel. Yes. Commissioner Carroll. Yes. Commissioner Collins. Aye. Commissioner Catrano. Yes. Commissioner Farrakh? Aye. Commissioner Chemnitzer? Yes. Commissioner Kuhl? Yes. Commissioner Milton Peters? Commissioner Rice? Yes. Commissioner Verdoni? Yes. Commissioner Sackett? Yes. Chair Colbert?
0: Yes, consent passes. We'll now move on to item six. This is an update on the San Rafael Transportation Center replacement project.
6: Okay, thank you, Chair. Um, So some of you have been following this project for a long time. And for others, it may be newer information. But we have uh, staff here from the Golden Gate Bridge District to present on the San Rafael Transit Center project. And I'd like to start by introducing uh, General Manager Dennis Mulligan.
12: Uh, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, my name is Dennis Mulligan. I'm the general manager for the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District. Uh, I want to thank you and thank your staff for having us here tonight to present this exciting project. Uh, my role is merely to introduce it and to let the people that are doing the hard work do the presentation. I'd be remiss so if I didn't acknowledge we also have Ray Santiago of our staff, who's our project manager. Uh, but more importantly, we have our consultant team here, Adam and Mara, who will walk you through the status of this
13: project. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, good evening. I am Adam Denkberg with Kimley Horn. I am the uh, consultant team project manager for this effort. Um, we have a presentation here today. Um, okay, next slide, please. Um, we have a presentation here today, provide an update on the project and talk about some of the key upcoming next steps. Next slide, please. Um, to uh, refresh everybody on the Santa Fe Transit Center, It really is providing a critical role and node in the overall transportation network in Marin County. Um, It currently has over 700 daily bus trips through the transit center. Um, We've gotten a lot of questions in the last few years about the impact of COVID and and changes in transit service on the role of the transit center. Um, We found that actually the number of buses through the transit center has increased between 2019 and 2023, emphasizing the increasing role of the transit center in serving the basic mobility needs of county residents. Um, There are over 9,000 daily alightings and boardings um, through the transit center uh, that are evenly split between folks who are transferring between routes um, and those who are going to or from uh, downtown San Rafael. Um, We uh, have looked at the demographic information of users of the transit center. um, and as shown in the table in the lower right, uh, we find that there's a a much greater uh, than average proportion of uh, riders who have a household income lower than $50,000 or who are minority. Um, again emphasizing the role of the transit center and meeting the mobility needs of uh, traditionally underserved populations next slide please Um, we started this project a a number of years ago um, actually even before uh, smart was extended through the transit center um, knowing that that was upcoming Um, and that that really that extension to larkspur is really what triggered um, the need for uh, this new transit center Um, the smart tracks bisect the middle of the existing transit center uh, impacting the ability for users to actually connect uh, between buses, impacting the ability of some buses to circulate around within the transit center, really limiting the flexibility and, and efficiency of bus operations at the existing transit center. In addition, the location of the current transit center is less than ideal because it's separated from downtown San Rafael um, by very busy third street. Um, and it's separated from the smart tracks and sorry, smart station by third street as well. That results in a lot of transfer movements across third street, um, there has been a history of uh, pedestrian fatalities at 3rd and Heatherton. Um, and so all the pedestrian activity associated with the transit center going through that intersection is certainly less than desirable from a safety standpoint. Uh, next slide, please. Um, and so uh, with that, uh, we are looking at uh, replacing the uh, transit center with a new location uh, located nearby. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. We started this um, current phase of the project back in 2018 Um, with a fresh look at potential locations for the transit center. So looked at quite a number of different options on where to place it, um, did a lot of detailed evaluation, a lot of public outreach, um, particularly in 2018 and 2019 to get input on where the new transit center should be located. We then conducted environmental analysis and completed um, the environmental impact report um, in late 2022. Uh, That allowed us to proceed into preliminary design where we've continued to conduct public engagement. Still many uh, many steps to go before uh, projected opening in 2027, um, but we're, we're making progress and, and on our way. Next slide, please. Um, so in terms of some of the recent progress, um, we, uh, as I mentioned, the uh, final environmental impact report was adopted in December of 2022 by the Bridge District Board. Um, since that time, we have convened a community design advisory group and held several public meetings. We'll talk about that a little bit more as part of this presentation. Um, we're also currently working with the Federal Transit Administration to get federal environmental clearance uh, for this project. And, and that effort is currently ongoing. Um, there's, uh, you know, As we transition from that environmental analysis to engineering and design, um, there are a lot of design que- questions that we need to work through. So we're partnering with all the stakeholders um, in the area um, and specifically mm-hmm. noting um, relationship with Marin transit and city of San Rafael to address some of the key design questions um, that are, are coming up as we progress on design. And we still definitely have some work to do on the preliminary design and engineering effort. Next slide, please. Is
4: there a magic
14: Apparently, I don't have enough of that magic to turn the microphone on. Oh. She's got all the magic, but you guys clearly knew that already. (laughs) Good evening. My name is Mara Baum. I'm an architect and urban designer with Dialog, a consultant working with Kimley Horn on the architectural urban design and public engagement process for the the new transit center replacement. Um, So last year, we went through a fairly intensive process between June and December of public engagement that took kind of two paths. One was the open to the public events. And a second was a a very focused community design advisory group. Um, With both of those two entities, we started really high level understanding needs uh, in, you know, interest based on current transit center, future ideas, future goals, and ending with some, you know, design direction that will feed directly into the preliminary design process. Next, please. The Um, The community, we had two community open houses that were open to the public, these were bilingual English and Spanish, Um, both of those had more than 50 people with more well over 100 individual written comments for each of those. The first of the two also included an online survey with more than 100 responses, Um, a, a lot of different voices from a broad swath of community members. Next, please. And, and parallel to that, at the same time as the public open houses, we also partnered with the Canal Alliance to have Facebook live events that they hosted with the consultant team uh, presenting and sharing out ideas, asking questions, soliciting input. Um, those events not only were attended live by a group of, of, of viewers, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but also had well over 1000 views afterwards. So we, we feel fairly confident that there is a, a broad reach from that effort. In addition to that, since we know that not everyone goes online, not everyone is on Facebook, for example, um, <clears throat> there was also a series of promotoras who went out in person to the transit center during some of the peak times to talk to individuals there in Spanish, hand out palm cards, information about the project, and help to get the, the information about the project out into that community. Next, please. The Community Design Advisory Group, although it covered similar topics, did so in a, in a somewhat different structure. We pulled together about a dozen people from a broad cross-section of perspectives from across uh, Santa Rafael, including several representatives from the Canal Alliance who hosted the Facebook Live events um, and a number of other community representatives. Um, The Community Design Advisory Group, really, from my perspective, the the value in that isn't necessarily hearing individual perspectives, but having them hear each other, engage with each other, work back and forth across the different perspectives and ideas, and come to a sense of direction and a sense of consensus together. These are not necessarily different voices who usually have the opportunity to work together towards a, a common problem. Um, they're, they're often kind of isolated or siloed in their own ways of thinking. And so we, we really took the design ideas and the direction for planning and amenities and many of the other features for the transit center and incorporated into those into some of the early concepts that were shared back at the open house and at the final community design advisory group, which you'll get to see in just a second. Next, please. So this is just a very high level map to orient you to the site. For those of you who are who, who may not be as intimately familiar with it, um, this map shows west facing the top. So if you looked over the top of the, the picture, um, you would be hitting the, the mountains and the Pacific Ocean. It would take you a while to get there, but eventually you would. At the very bottom, it's as if you're standing on top of Highway 101, looking out towards the San Rafael Smart Station. So those are the smart tracks that traverse the midpoint of the image, and then you'll see 3rd Street going east-west on the left and 4th Street going east-west on the right. Um, so the, the vision here is to create, you know, really a transportation district with um, bus-dedicated station on both the east and west side of the smart tracks, as well as the smart station in the middle. As we heard, we're really trying to improve pedestrian and, and bicycle safety. That's one of the, the significant goals of the project. Um, consolidating into a, a single zone as shown on this map, will we believe will really help to improve some of those current challenges that the site faces. Um, at the top end, you also see a, a building that's a new customer service building for, for the bridge district. Um, there's presently adjacent to the smart tracks, the smart station, Um, a building that was originally built in 1929 and then significantly added to over the years. Most of the building was built in the last few decades um, for the the Whistle Stop organization who no longer occupies that building, but many still know it as the Whistle Stop building. Um, That is not a historic building per se, but it is well loved by many community members um, because of its ties to the original rail history. Um, and some of those original elements first uh, built in 1929 uh, are have been identified as of great interest to the community and are intended to be moved over to the new customer service building across the street. Next, please. So this drawing shows, uh, this, this diagram shows a, just kind of a snippet of one of the parts of the building that will bring over some of the early elements. That photo on the top is from around 1950, the railroad occupied that building and changed it throughout the, the first couple decades of its occupancy um, in, you know, in order to meet its railroad needs at that time. Um, taking portions of that original infrastructure, returning it back to some of the, those early conditions, it looks obviously quite different for those of you who are familiar with the building today. It does look quite different. So bringing it back partially to that original state um, has been an important goal of this project. I say partially because unfortunately, we simply don't know enough about that existing building to recreate it in its, you know literal original context. Um, and there, you know, there are some other uh, other legal challenges associated with doing that. Um, but there it is a very, you know, it's, it's been a very important part of this process and a very strong focus of the team in order to integrate as much of that rail history. Um, as is reasonable and appropriate under the circumstances. Next, please. And so now on to the, the pretty pictures. These are some of the renderings that came out of the community design advisory group and the open house feedback. So these are not pictures of exactly what the building is going to look like. It's a general, uh, general look and feel of you know this being, for example, a plaza that's between the customer service building and fourth street. Standing at Fourth Street, looking southeast towards uh, the customer service building, and you can see buses beyond. Next, please. And this is standing a little bit farther east on Fourth Street, looking northwest, or, or excuse me, southwest, uh, looking southwest with bus uh, bus stops on the left side and the building, the customer service building, and then the plaza and bike lane on the right. Um, I will note with this image that there's quite a lot that still, as Adam said, still is to be figured out. One of the things that is still to be figured out is the way that this uh, this two-way bike facility works as it integrates with the plaza and the, the rest of the project. It will be in that location, um, but I wouldn't get too obsessed with the details of this picture um, because we are going to be going into a lot more detail with the city of San Rafael to try to understand the right direction for that uh, for that particular part of the project. Next, please. And then finally, this is the bus canopy that you would see as you enter onto 4th Street. That's Heatherton on the left. Uh, Highway 101 would be kind of behind you and to the left of this image. Um, one of the things we heard from a number of the CDAG and and members of the public, CDAG is the community design advisory group was the intent to have kind of a gateway to San Rafael, a piece of the civic architecture as you enter the city that helps you to understand where where you are. Um, We also took in feedback directly from transit riders related to the amount of shelter and coverage that was desired, also the types of materials, um, wood, was felt to very strongly represent the history and culture of Marin County and San Rafael specifically. Um, The transit riders in the CDAG as well as a number of the other uh, community representatives really all all came together around that that type of concept. Um, I will also point out for those of you who are particularly excited about the smart station there, uh, you can see the smart station towards the rear of this image um, it's, uh, it is in the background in, it's sh- represented relatively simplistically with a white platform. Um, there is, we are proposing to put some vegetation in front of that platform to soften it. It doesn't look like that today because there is not vegetation presently in that location, um, but it really at the back, um, you can see it on the right side of the rendering. Um, that's where, uh, unfortunately it is a little bit of a physical and visual barrier between the two sides of the, of the transit center. Um, but we, you know that that is one of the reasons, the main reasons we're in this location. So we'll use other you know architectural and planning elements to try to connect safely and help people cross uh, between those two sides. Um, next, please.
13: Yeah, and to, uh, to wrap up with a couple of final slides. Um, these highlight some of the key ongoing coordination topics. Um, we are engaging very closely with all the uh, key stakeholders, including uh, the city of Santa Rafael. Uh, SMART, uh, uh, the Marin Transit, the operator, as well as the California crossings um, in a uh, relatively minor way, but to improve pedestrian crossings across the track and and modifying the driveway configurations. Um, So that is why the CPUC is involved. Um, But we're partnering with all those agencies actively um, to address uh, some of the key design questions uh, that remain in front of the project. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, um, we are working with the Federal Transit Administration regarding the federal environmental uh, analysis uh, with a particular focus on the cultural resources analysis. Next slide, please. So in, in terms of next steps, um, we're doing a little roadshow presentations. Uh, we were at the SMART Board uh, yesterday um, and uh, we were at Marine Transit in January. Um, and so upcoming, we're really looking forward to being uh, at City Council uh, in early March for City of Santa Fe. Um, we uh, will also be going uh, back to the uh, Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory uh, Commission for the city as well, particularly focusing on some of those uh, bike questions still in front of us. Um, preliminary engineering is ongoing. We're advancing uh, you know, the work uh, really concurrently to all these activities. And we hope to wrap that up in the middle of this year. Uh, NEPA clearance um, is uh, at the forefront as well while the engineering work is advancing. Um, there, the district will begin the right-of-way procurement after the federal NEPA clearance is obtained. Um, so that's when that uh, the property acquisition would occur. Um, and then uh, the next uh, and, and last uh, key design phase is final design, which the British district anticipates procuring uh, towards the end of 2024. And I believe that uh, concludes the presentation. Happy to answer any questions. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for the presentation. Commissioner, questions?
3: I, I have a question at Nancy Chemnitzer of uh, Belvedere um looking at uh, by the way thank you very much for an excellent presentation and an exciting project um looking at the demographic information on page three i assume this is a very short summary of the the different groups that you have been engaging with Um, but i'm wondering whether you have any data and demographics on the age um of uh, of uh, of the riders and the proposed riders. there's a lot of um, a lot of interest um, and initiative um, around um, making public transportation more attractive and accessible to seniors. And I'm wondering whether, um, as part of your public outreach, you've contacted the Aging Action Initiative, um, Marine Council on Aging, um, Age Friendly Cities and the other organizations that serve seniors in Marin.
14: Yeah, I I can take the first pass at that. And the answer is yes. Um, That was certainly a focus of ours within the community design advisory group. We explicitly had a seat identified for, I think it was Marin Council on the Aging. Um, But we also tended to ask specific questions to others in the room For example, one woman from the Canal Alliance was there also thinking about with thinking with her mother in mind. And so was thinking through her mother's experience uh, it, you know, at the bus at the bus station. She uses the transit center on a daily basis. And so we regularly asked fairly directive questions around that topic, recognizing um, especially that particularly for things like the in-person open houses we may not physically be able to bring in all of the, you know, all of the voices in person as we might otherwise, Uh, the, the online events, at least for the canal Alliance community also helped with that.
3: Yes.
12: (laughs) Thank you, Adam. Uh, We do have demographic data. We don't have it with us tonight. Uh, We perform uh, surveys of our customers. Uh, If you go through different times of day, it's pretty clear the demographics when Santa Rafael high gets out. You'll see that there's a tremendous number of young people that access the transit center. Um, but clearly, uh, there is an interest in having all users uh, take advantage of the transit system in Marin and to continue to grow. So we'll continue to work with various stakeholder groups uh, to ensure that the needs are met. Going back to the uh, CDAG meeting, though, there was some really astute observations that were aha moments, I think, for other people in the room when she talked about how you have benches today, but her mom can't put her hands down to get up like that. And so the bench doesn't work for someone who is you know of that age profile so i think a lot of good constructive feedback a lot of back and forth and it was helpful as mara said at the beginning because different people have different ideas and everyone starts off thinking that they're right and so some of the cdag members i think going through that process uh who have strong opinions came to some realizations that you know some things may be different than what they initially thought based on what they heard others say and i think that was Uh, very constructive in terms of how mara led that process
3: thank you i think the bench is a really good example something so simple i also think that the relationships of the architectural relationship um and planning relationship between um smart and and the other forms of public transport might in fact really raise your um senior ridership senior by the way and marin is a about half of us, <laughs> um, if you're looking at over 60. Um, but I would encourage you to reach out to the representatives of the age-friendly cities. Age-friendly cities are um, are an, a global initiative of the World Health Organization, and about, I, I believe, half of the cities in Marin and the county are part of this age-friendly uh, program, and they have representatives who are who are really dedicated to this. And one of the domains of livability under this program um, is that of uh, transportation. So thank you very much.
8: Commissioner Catrano. Yes, thank you. Um, Thank you so much for the presentation. Just a quick question to wrap my head around process in terms of the like state CEQA process and then the federal NEPA, NEPA process associated with the project. So the EIR Um, was approved in 2022, you said, um, for the Golden Gate Bridge Transit District. What does the NEPA process look like? Is that like just an EA or do you also go through an environmental impact statement?
12: So initially when we started off, uh, we met with FTA. They suggested we do CEQA separately initially and that we would build upon that to uh, incorporate those findings into the NEPA document. Um, Staff has been meeting with FTA on this topic. Um, FTA has uh, change some of their in- interpretation as it deals with the 106 cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little more time than we initially anticipated when we started this process. Um, but they ultimately envision that uh, after that consultation process, it's likely to be a, a cad under NEPA. So we don't envision a-, a long process, other than that we do have to do the exploration for the cultural resources. We have to coordinate with the tribes. Uh, and so that process is underway.
8: Excellent. Thank you very much. Oh, we'll
12: go- commissioner Beckman
0: and then
15: great thank you Eli Beckman Corder Madera great report thank you um I think the need for the project is self-evident I like the direction the design is going congratulations to mayor Kate and her community um, for this project coming along uh just wanted to ask a couple high-level design questions if we look at the sort of conceptual plan on page 53 of our staff report uh from going from top to bottom or from west to east uh we see the stations we see buses we see the train and then we see more buses um, I'm curious, is 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 the fact that we're alternating, like the buses are in two locations bisected by the train, is that just a function of the train being?
13: Yeah, yeah, certainly the yeah. train was considered immovable uh, right. for this project. So, um, you know, we are keeping the same number of bus bays that exist today, but laying them out in a format that works much better for bus operations and for p- passenger movements. Um, so the key was really to find enough space to accommodate all those bus space
15: perfect thank you and my only other question was that block of tamil pias between third and fourth street is that uh bus access only or can autos go through
13: bus access only got it thank you commissioner sackett
4: thank you so much i learn every time i see this presentation on number three i still have a question so the it, I, looking at the um schematic that um commissioner beckman just mentioned the connection we see Tamalpais avenue and then the smart Street, smart train and then more bus bays but there's not a pedestrian crosswalk across the smart tracks there is that I don't know if that's intentional that people aren't supposed to walk there or how do people get from from Pius avenue over to the bus bay
13: yeah, so the, um, there are existing uh, rail crossing, pedestrian rail crossings there that would remain. I think there's some opportunity to upgrade some of the crossing gates and things of that nature. Um, so on either end, so like along 4th Street, so the south side of 4th Street, north side of 3rd Street, there would be pedestrian crossings of the tracks. Okay. We can't do anything mid-block, of course, because the platforms are raised. Um, so the crossings of the tracks um, would remain similar location to where they are today um, on either end of the block.
14: Great, thank you. And we'll be sure to add those back into the drawing for your next version of this presentation.
0: <laughs> Commissioner Rice.
7: Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, um, it's the I can't remember how many presentations now over the years. Um, but I just I'm, I'm thinking that it would be um, helpful to talk a little bit more about how how you are coordinating with um, Marin transit and, and just more about how the functionality um, and design how the design has incorporated functionality aspects in terms of both um, how buses have to move, but then also that bike ped safety moving around um, the, the transit center, the footprint of the, of the station, um, because the, the, this has been a lot about aesthetics. So how has Marin transit's concerns or its operations been incorporated into the design of this?
12: I'll just jump at a very high level with the provision of real estate. um, You know, today the bus bays are limited. What bus can use what bay? With this new facility, any bus, any size can use any bay, any location. Mm -hmm. Uh, Since we started this process, Marine Transit has gone through two major service changes. So to try to assign bus bays today when it's not opening for a couple of years is arguably premature. Um, But any bus can work any place. Uh, There's some logic to having certain buses. For instance, east-west buses uh, arguably shouldn't cross the train tracks. Um, because it's another vehicle going through a crossing plus they get delayed behind that and it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. So there's some high level uh, logic that applies, but the you know bus bay assignment that I think some of their staff is very curious in, it's really not quite ripe yet, um, but it's something that we'll sit down with them. They're uh, at the table with us. Uh, they'll be signatory with a cooperative agreement with us on the project, as is the city of San Rafael and SMART. So it will be a collaboration the entire way. But the good news is, any bus will be able to use any bus bay in the new facility and we'll be able to run them more frequently if that's the desire of the community and so i think that'll work out quite well
7: okay and then just generally about circulation because all as you work together as the transit operators yourselves and figuring out which which buses are at which bays and coming out wh- where how is that integrated and in working with that I'm, and I'm assuming that's a that's a question with the city of san rafael in terms of circulation interference with traffic and or coordination with traffic, et cetera. So how, how, how is that approached?
12: That's, that's a great question. It came up at the Marin Transit uh, presentation and uh, you know, Mayor Kate uh, graciously offered that city staff will work with us on that because one of the issues that was highlighted at the Marin Transit presentation by Marin Transit staff is a condition that exists today. And there's an opportunity to improve it today and not to wait for the new transit center. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that Marin Transit, Golden Gate and city staff will be working on. Uh, it deals with arguably the most frequent bus uh and it has to do uh multiple right turns to leave the facility and go back to the community in the canal and so there are perhaps opportunities to trade off some parking spaces uh to allow buses to make some turns on city streets they cannot make today that would greatly benefit from that and so we've committed to work with marine transit and smart on that so the route 35 buses have a much more direct faster trip back to the canal neighborhood
7: okay and then another thing i remember and i've not seen it here i'm sure it's somewhere is we were um, sort of the ride-hailing taxi stuff. The how passenger passengers are opportunities for passengers to be or locations for passengers to be dropped off. Um, I must I think from your st- numbers here, it sounds like today around half of the alightings or boardings there are origin destination passengers. So that's about forty five hundred people coming going they're getting there somehow and or they're going from the station or coming to the station so can you speak to to that other how are folks getting there
13: yeah and and early on in the process we did some detailed analysis of origins and destinations to try and understand and make sure we're designing the transit center that met those needs um, and we found that really the the bulk of the uh attractors are um within walking distance in downtown santa Fe, the fourth street corridor um and the schools as dennis mentioned earlier there's um, a lot of uh student activity Um, So um, we have uh, done some observations of the current transit center in terms of pickup drop-off activity. Um, It does occur in large part um, previously with the airporter service that was there. There is some pickup drop-off activity, but most of the access is is walk-bike oriented. Um, We are thinking about uh, ride hailing and pickup drop-off. It's not called out in one of the little bubbles here, but um, just on the other side of the customer service building to the west, um, there is a a pickup drop-off lane that would be installed as part of the project Um, That was actually one of the changes we made during the environmental um, process was we heard a lot from the bike community that our original location for pickup drop-off had some potential conflicts with bike facilities. And so we found a new spot for it. We were able to accommodate that and avoid the uh, conflicts with the bike facilities. And so we have this um, dedicated pickup drop-off area on the west side of the station.
7: Okay. And then lastly, so what is TAM's role going to be going forward in the near term and longer term?
12: Uh, A couple of roles, they will have a cooperative agreement with TAM also that's part of the uh, deal we struck when we put this all together, Uh, they're a a key partner and at some point they may be a funding partner. (laughs) (laughs) How's that to cast? Good good thing we're
6: having this discussion. Um, So the the staff report did note there's actually sort of a a formal role for TAM and a couple of other agencies with respect to the regional measure three funding in that there's kind of an approval that's needed from these partner agencies. Um, There hasn't been a process really formally worked out for that. So we'll be working with um, Golden Gate and MTC and the other partners to kind of define that at the time or in time for Golden Gate to access those funds. Um, Beyond that, I mean, we've been supportive of this project. We've done support letters for different grant applications. Tam provided some early seed money, in fact, for some of the planning work um, that was done quite a few years ago now for this project, so um, I imagine we'll continue to have a partner role. It is not identified in the sales tax expenditure plan, however, um, so any funding would need to be, you know, sort of worked out or identified through other discretionary grants.
0: Thank you. Any additional commissioner comments? Commissioner Carmel.
8: Yeah, hi. Um, So thanks very much for your presentation. I think your design looks fantastic. I really like what you've done with the whole thing. I like the fact that you're harking back to 1929. So we spent a lot of time in Mill Valley restoring our train depot. If you haven't been there, you should. It was built literally one year before this one. We spent a lot of time looking at archival photographs when we restored it to make sure we got it right to what what had been to the greatest degree that we could. So if you haven't been out to look at it, you really should. Maybe it'll give you some design inspiration, but I think it's an awesome idea to try to bring back that element from you know a time gone by. So thank you for doing that.
14: We have also been appreciating those the historic uh, archive from that building. Yeah. Unfortunately, the historic information from that very early portion of the railroad era is quite light. Yeah. We have no visibility into literally anything on the interior of the building. We don't know for we we do we have more information from uh from your from the that depot, the Mill Valley Depot, um, and are whole portions of that original building that there are, are virtually no photographs and and that we have no drawings at all. So that has been, unfortunately, one of the the bigger challenges that we faced when trying to uh, make that transition. But we are, you know, look and feel generally leveraging some of the other historic depots from that same era, but it's not a literal one for one either.
8: Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Thank you.
14: But thank you
0: additional commissioner comments Mayor Kate.
5: thank you i look forward to the similar conversation but maybe more questions march 4th when you come to the council meeting so i just have a comment um first just gratitude as we as i said yesterday at smart but i want to say because there's a different audience here it was really important to the city that you engage with who the users are that so often agencies sometimes can slip into oh this is the way that we're going to go forward but to really Hear the people that hear from the people that are going to be using the facility, and you guys have done a great job. I'm really proud of how you did different types of outreach, so meeting people where they were, were still open for business, still open for getting input at uh, the council meeting. But I just really want to thank Mara and her team because it does reflect it in the design. And what I asked for yesterday, which I know will be asked for and presented at the council meeting, is showing, just kind of connecting the dots well, oh, we heard this, so this is what we changed and really going on what Commissioner Rice just said, we heard this from Marin Transit, this is what we changed. So it really shows the council who hasn't had the benefit, let me say I'll hear it the third time, and then DPAC four times, they won't have had the benefit of the repeated, but really drawing those those dots are great. And then the whole conversation around the surrounding streets, I think we'll really dig into that at the council meeting. We had the local road safety plan data presentation here. Is that the name of that? Okay, it's a really long name. Uh, Like two meetings ago, and so we actually have the data for the pedestrian bike car interactions in that whole area and i think that's really what commissioner rice was getting at too as we're having the right as we're having the buses and the change of flow whatever we solve here needs to bring down those data needs to bring down those numbers because there are incidents happening we, as we know we have some of the highest numbers in marin county because we're everyone's coming from fairfax or san anselmo was coming through there um or coming down from the north so uh, that's something i hope to dig into more i will spare all of you but you guys can tune in on march 4th we start at 6 i'm sure you'll be up by six thirty. and uh thanks again for coming around and i'm really appreciating the questions from my colleagues um, because you all have a different lens so thank you for bringing those up thank you chair
0: sure uh not seeing any more commissioner comments can we go to public comment in the room
9: Yes, uh, Matt Hartzell again. Thank you to the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District. Did I get that right? For this presentation. Um, I also want to thank you for the amount of public outreach and public workshops and community group advisory design that's been done. I I went to both workshops. um, And uh, I hope that when it comes to the Larkspur Ferry Terminal, you do a similar amount of public outreach that the parking garage I'm talking about. Um, I want to speak about the first and last mile connections to the transit center project and specifically I think Commissioner Rice spoke to, to this in terms of where are people coming from and where are they going to from this transit center and I don't think it was mentioned specifically in this presentation but it was mentioned in your presentation yesterday to smart and that's that many are coming from the canal neighborhood in San Rafael. And so the the route that people take to get from the canal, many of whom don't have cars by bike or by foot to this transit center is is of the utmost importance. And while I realize it's most of that route is outside of your purview, it is in the purview of many of the commissioners here tonight. Um, And I realize that there'll be more opportunities at the March 4th City Council meeting in San Rafael to talk about this, but I want to thank San Rafael for the improvements that they've made so far from the canal to fourth street along east francisco boulevard widening the sidewalk and making it bike legal building the new bicycle pedestrian bridge over san rafael canal and right now under construction the cycle track on um, grand avenue from second street to fourth street however there still remains a very key gap from all that important work that the city of san rafael is doing to the transit center along fourth street there's three blocks and um there's no real good bicycle route right now east west to get from the canal to those last three blocks on 4th street so i really urge everybody to put their heads together to try to um make this first last mile network as comprehensive as possible and safe thank you uh, jennifer before we
0: uh continue on with public comment i just noticed that uh commissioner carroll has his hand raised kevin
2: thank you uh, going back to uh something touched on by Commissioner Rice, and I think that's kind of important for um, San Rafael. Um, Well, my first question is um, it sounded like you referred to the airport shuttles as past tense. Are they going to have space in a transit center when it's redesigned?
12: The answer is yes. Um, there are businesses that make decisions whether or not to use this facility. Uh, the Sonoma tran- the Sonoma Airporter, which recently renamed themselves, still uses it. The Marin Airporter at this juncture is not currently using the site, uh, but they're welcome back. We provide license agreements to other parties whenever they request them um, because we want to bring as much transportation together at this site as possible.
2: Okay, yeah, you, I didn't realize the Airporter wasn't going there anymore. Uh, as you can see over my shoulder... Um, I was in the cab business for over 30 years. I remember when the bus stops were on Heatherton. Um, That was uh, shortly before this opened uh, 30 years ago. Um, The question I have is really the mix of if you do have airporters um, and for the last mile connection, uh, you've got really three different things that I did not see considered in tonight's presentation. They were at um, the open house at the community center, and I raised these questions then. And that is, you've got Uber and Lyft who don't sit around; they just come, pick up, and take off. Um, you have taxi cabs that sit there on the San Rafael, what's now the Camel Pies Avenue, the San Rafael Public Street, which you're eliminating. Um, And then you have people dropping off in their personal cars who have a tendency to sit really a long time. They'll arrive really early to pick up whoever it is they're picking up. So I'm just wondering how those three modes, and they're all last mile connections, uh, how they're going to be accommodated in the new design.
13: Uh, Yeah, so as I... um was noting earlier, we have a pickup drop-off area. It's not uh, specifically labeled on this uh, particular exhibit, but west of the customer service building um, where we have several spots for pickup drop-off activity. Um, you know, we're envisioning that as more of an active uh, space, either used by ride hailing services or um, private pickup drop-off um, or, or quicker taxi pickup drop-offs. Um, you know, the current site plan does not accommodate uh, taxi staging, which does occur um, or has occurred in the past in the area um so that's something uh you know i think taxi use is something we're still working through um in terms of uh, how that can be best accommodated in the area okay i just
2: i'm not expecting you know an instant solution but it's just something uh, particularly for seniors um i've had a lot of um business with particularly people catching the groom i think they're called now was sonoma sonoma airporter Uh, But quite a few people going to Oakland Airport. And when you get a senior with luggage, uh, that's a real difficulty um, for both the customer. And quite frankly, now the cab drivers are getting pretty old, too. So the closer they are, the better. Um, But I just, however you solve the problem, I think it's important. I mean, I remember when we had the taxi stand inside. Uh, the transit center, and essentially you kicked them out, dumped them onto San Rafael's problem. There was a lot of problems between uh, what was done, the traffic police and the taxi cabs, over how many cabs could sit there, you know, length of time, how many could line up, etc. I just hope somebody takes the lead, either you guys or San Rafael in uh, dealing with those problems, because it is, uh, especially for seniors, um, an important last minute solution, uh, last mile uh, transportation issue. Thank you.
12: Thank you. And we did uh, historically provide uh, space on site when taxis were more common and prevalent. Uh, We provided a license to the taxi company, similar to what we do for the airporters. And I should mention Greyhound. And so uh, if there's adequate demand, uh, you know, in there's real estate, we will allocate it uh, where it serves the best public purpose. Um, so we used to have a lot of taxis there. And, uh, you know, the world has changed. And so to have a large block of the existing, you know, transit center with smart going through the middle. So it's quite suboptimal. Now, it, it doesn't work anymore. On the new side, if taxis come back to their uh, previous, uh, you know, levels of, of use, then clearly, that's something we would have to accommodate because we're in the customer service business. Thank you,
0: thank you, Kevin. Uh, we will now move. Are you all done, Kevin? Great, thanks. We'll now come back to public comment. Jennifer, any public comment in the room? Patrick, please.
10: Um, my name again is Patrick Seidler from WTBTM, and I would also like to thank the Bridge District and the general manager, staff, and the consultants, and most particularly Sandra Fell, you know, who's done a tremendous job. I think keeping an eye on the pedestrians and the cycling that's going on down there. And if you take a look at the accommodation that's being provided in the drawings, it's really a nice job that you've done. I would urge you actually to keep the colorization that you have for the greenway with that color because it gives a really good visual cue for everybody involved, for the pedestrians and for the cyclists and to not do, there was one of your options at the last workshop to have a mixing area where pedestrians and cyclists are in the same area. We sent a letter to you and it suggested the best practices is not that way and there was another one where we had a dip down for the cycle track and there's a little bit of a curb there again not a best practice because people can trip going through it people have mobility challenges can't get through it and so keeping everybody at the same level but giving the visual cues so that they can see their way through it is really the the best practice and then really want to thank San Rafael Mayor for the work that that you and your Department of Public Works did, you know, it's really to get that greenway and preserve the integrity of the greenway through this, the transit center is super important. And so we look forward to uh, working with you on that segment from 4th Street to Mission. And we think it's really it's teed up nicely. And I think that the trip with the transit center, the way it's being designed, is going to work really well. So thank both of you very much for all you've done for that.
0: Any more public comment in the room? Jennifer, a public comment online?
1: Yes, Ann Gray, please unmute.
0: Are you ready, Anne? Welcome. I believe she's still muted.
16: OK, sorry about that. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Anne Gray. She- executive officer at Vivalon. We are the largest nonprofit in Marin serving older adults uh, through rides and meals and classes. And I just am wanting to state that we're very much in favor of this project. And there's a correction to the presentation that I wanted to note for the record. Uh, The Whistle Stop building is still occupied by 30 Vivelon administrative staff that will be displaced when the um, building is acquired for this project. So I just want that on the record that Our administrative team still occupies that building, as well as we run our brown bag pantry nutrition program out of that building every Friday that serves about 160 people. So I just wanted those two things noted for correction. And also, we have a lot of historical pictures of the exterior of the building. And I believe we have some original blueprints of the building and we would be happy to make those available if they haven't been reviewed yet, if anybody would like to come and take a look at them. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Oh, do you have a reaction, Dennis?
12: That's fantastic. We would love to see the photos and blueprints. Uh, Thank you, Ann, so much.
0: It's Ansel Adams night. Please bring on Warren Wells.
1: Warren Wells, please unmute.
17: Hi, uh, commissioners, this is Warren Wells in the Rand County Bicycle Coalition. I want to thank the bridge district and their consulting team for the work on this. Um, you know, They've really gone out of their way to solicit feedback from the community and in my experience have been very willing to incorporate uh, that feedback into the project. Yeah, you know, and, and this has been brought up by some previous commenters, but in addition to the the really imp- needed improvements to the transit rider experience and pedestrian access and safety, this project does incorporate two blocks of Marin's North South Greenway from 2nd Street to Fourth Street. And this gets us halfway to closing the bikeway gap in downtown San Rafael to creating an all-ages and abilities route through, you know, north-south through the through through the city, leaving us only that segment from 4th Street up to Mission and the US 101 pathway, which which is a different project requiring coordination between Sandefeld and SMART. But um, again, I'm very excited about this project and looking forward to working with the district and the city um, and seeing this project move forward. Thanks so much.
0: Jennifer, any additional public comment online?
1: I don't see any other hands raised at this time, Chair.
0: This is a discussion item. So uh, we had questions and discussion before any additional discussion items from my colleagues. Um, I'll just I'll close by saying, thank you very much. And I assume this will come back to us at some point. So I, I think it would be very helpful. I, I appreciate very much uh, the discussion of the photographs and the aesthetics and the sense of place, but I would encourage um, based upon the comments of my colleagues, a return presentation to include sort of the functional issues uh that were raised here and it would certainly I think be beneficial to the extent possible that any of those concerns that were raised in san rafael might also come back and bubble to this board Um, that would also be helpful so with that thank you very much we'll now move on to our final item of the night this is also a discussion item It's an update on sea level rise adaptation for uh, adaptation planning for Marin County's transportation system project.
18: I have the magic touch too. Good evening, commissioners. It is a pleasure to be presenting to you all today an update on the sea level rise adaptation planning for Marin County's transportation system project. Um, We tried to make that name as long as possible. Uh, So I'm Michaela Hyatt. I'm an associate transportation planner uh, here with Tam. I'm joined today by Derek McGill, director of planning. And additionally, online, we have Jack Hogan, um, who is project manager for AirUp, a consultant to this plan. Uh, We're really excited to be able to present uh, kind of some initial findings with you all today. If you can go to the next slide, please. quick agenda of what we'll be walking through we'll start off with just an overview of the project and background to how we got to this place of starting the plan and the project and then we'll walk through task two which was the existing plan review which took a look at all the amazing work that's been done to date in the region and the county already um, to get us to this place Uh, and then in task three the vulnerability focus areas we will share an update of the draft findings with you all and then dive into next steps and what we can expect and when we'll come back to you all. Next slide, please. So a little bit of background because it's been a while since we came to you in April of last year for the contract award, um, just as to what the TAM sea level rise program is. So measure AA category 2.3 includes a 1% set aside to develop uh, and address transportation impacts from sea level rise and flooding. Uh, this includes supporting and protecting Marin's roadways and related infrastructure. The funding can be used for seed money, um, matching and things like that. Uh, so this program was really built on the backs of all of the efforts that are currently underway in Marin County, that being Bay Wave and Sea Smart, um, some of the local jurisdiction plans that have already moved forward in developing and addressing uh, sea level rise and flooding impacts there. Uh, as well as the regional efforts at bcdc and sfei and others now that includes mtc as well Um, so the board direction has been to move some of those planning efforts further into conceptual design to actually begin identifying some of the potential projects for development um, because it's coming sooner than we would like so this contract focus area is really to look at that adaptation planning portion of it as well as the concept development next slide please so, just kind of how this all came to be, we understand that TAM's role is to support countywide transportation planning. And should there be flooding impacts uh, to our roadways, that impacts the transportation system and how it all connects. Um, we understand and really appreciate the board's focus on climate adaptation to protect all these assets from sea level rise and flooding. And know that there are also different funding sources that are ever more focused on climate adaptation as well from the federal level, the state level, different local sources at the local jurisdiction level, beginning to address this as well, and of course, Measure AA. Um, And that 1% set aside collects about 250,000 annually for the program. Next slide, please. So for this project, um, I really want to note that this is designed to be a technical study with the objectives of identifying potential sea level rise solutions, what is physically possible, at these different impacted areas throughout the county, and then to guide future implementation and infrastructure of these different projects, as well as the TAM funding programs. There are really five key tasks within the scope of work that will help us get to this point. Starting off with the existing plan review, we'll give a debrief of some of the key takeaways and findings from that plan, and then moving into the vulnerability focus areas, identifying based on the work that was conducted by BayWave and BCDC through the Adapting to Rising Tides data effort, um, where those areas are within Marin County that are going to be impacted by sea level rise and flooding. And then within those different areas, start to identify the possible adaptation solutions, um, knowing that there are different impacts and there are different solutions for short-term and longer-term. And once we know what those projects are, then we can move into the next task, which will be the governance element of it, So who are the different people that need to be involved in these projects based on their scale, based on their timeline, and how do we actually move these projects forward in implementation, and what is TAM's role in all of this, knowing that we do have this measure AA funding, and we do have a program set aside for it, but who are the players and who should lead and who should be involved. Next slide, please. So to date, we're about... 50% of the way through our timeline, um, we have met with our technical advisory committee twice so far. Um, Our technical advisory committee is comprised of Caltrans, MTC, BCDC, um, the county CDA, county DPW, um, the MPWA representation as well as the sustainability coordinators from cities such as San Rafael and Sausalito. So we're really honored to have them all providing input on this plan. They've been great so far. And currently, they do have the focus areas uh, task and memo in their hands for review. So that's what you can see in your packet draft on a lot of these different areas. Um, we expect to receive feedback from them in the next few weeks. Um, and we'll then meet with them again to begin discussing potential adaptation solutions and what might make the most sense in all of these areas. Um, hoping to wrap everything up by uh, winter of this year in 2024, possibly into 2025. Next slide, please. So the fun stuff, Um, this is task two, which was our existing plan review. Um, It started off really looking at what I was mentioning before, just establishing a baseline level of awareness and knowing the breadth and depth of all the work that's been completed so far, there's a total of, of I think it's 32 plans that were evaluated that pertain to flooding and sea level rise within Marin County and the region. Um, so taking a look at all of that knowledge and work that's been done to date so that we're not duplicating anything in this effort um, and knowing that we're collecting all of this information also as a secondary part of this um, to be able to establish a solid baseline understanding that is very present of all the information and in sea level rise projections so we're able to use that to establish a baseline GIS data set um, to build off of and analyze the different focus areas that are about as in time and place currently as they could be, which then leads to some key takeaways, which is that the marine coastline has been studied extensively. Um, luckily for us, there has been a lot of analysis that has been conducted to date. Um, And there are some known transportation-focused focus areas already, that being Highway 101, State Route 37, and 580, which have received a lot of transportation focus. Um, And most adaptation concepts and solutions involve interventions outside of right-of-way of of these different transportation and vulnerable assets. So because of this, we understand that there will be a high need um, and opportunity for coordination in between the agencies in order to lead these projects and develop uh, sea level rise protection solutions. And also note that there are possibilities for co-benefits between uh, projects that could possibly both protect vulnerable assets, um, critical hospital sites, um, wastewater treatment sites, as well as transportation system um, assets as well. Next slide, please. Next, we want to give you an update on the vulnerability focus areas. Um, Again, noting that this is still in development and review by our TAC, but wanted to give you an update on these. The goal of this was, as I mentioned, to um, take a look at all the different hazards and the assets and how they overlay based on the information provided um, and data provided from BayWave and BCDC. I'll walk through the hazards a little bit more on the next slide. Um, But in total, we identified 19 vulnerability focus areas across the county, um, ranging in different size and scale and impacts. Um, So on the next slide, you can see a little bit more about the hazards and assets that were identified. So the three main uh, flooding impacts that we studied were coastal flooding impacts, groundwater rise due to sea level rise, and then the FEMA floodplain overlaid on that. I think a lot of us have seen some of the storm impacts overlaying with king tides recently and known that it's very impactful. Um, and, so, and the timeline for that is soon. Uh, and then we overlaid the exposed assets on top of that, those being transportation community and lifelines. Um, and then finally, we layered an equity layer as well, which is just the um, MTC equity priority communities on top of this. Next slide. So here we can see a summary of the 19 focus areas, and this has been included in your uh, in the staff report as an attachment as well. So you can take a look at each of the 19 in a little bit further detail. Um, they are mostly coastal areas, as expected, with some additions inland due to groundwater rise. Um, and many of the areas do have significant transportation assets identified within them, as well as critical community assets. Um, And within these studies, there are varying levels of project development, um, some which have been studied extensively, and some have projects even currently underway, and some are just now getting started and haven't had a lot of project development so far. So we are noting this information currently with the TAC, asking them to input any of the information on current studies so that we can include these in each of the focus areas, as well as even information on potential upcoming studies or areas of note. Um, One thing to note, we have also coordinated with Golden Gate Transit, Marin Transit, and SMART on this as well, so they are also currently reviewing their assets. Next slide, please. So this is an example of what's included in the attachments. Um, Just wanted to give you a look at the outlines of the focus areas, which are kind of hard to see, um, but it's that really small black line blob outlining these different areas and the impacts from flooding. Um, One thing I feel like is important to note in this is that these blobs are meant to be blobs they're meant to not be hard lines around these areas they are meant to be soft edges and malleable um, as there will be different impacts from water in the future so please take these as soft buffers um, we want to make sure that we are incorporating different projects around these areas as well into this um, should that arise so we're working closely with attack on that as well um, and you can view these again in your packet in draft form next slide please so for next steps, uh, we do expect to come back to the board after wrapping up uh, some of the progress in tasks four and five, that being the adaptation solutions and governance review um, in summer of this year. During this time, we will be meeting with the TAC again to review and final their comments on the vulnerability focus areas so that we can feel confident about progressing in towards the adaptation solutions and strategies. Um, we will also have a series of stakeholder focus groups where we will be meeting with environmental groups, um, CBOs, equity working groups, um, and other stakeholder groups to be identified soon um, during that time. So we will expect to come with an update to the board once we have then also identified the governance review draft at that point. So noting now that we know the projects and now that we have an understanding of what some of the solutions and strategies might be, who are the people that might need to be involved, um, and what it would look like to potentially move something forward in the future, move some of these projects forward, um, which we are really excited about because that's really the meat of this plan. Um, And next slide, I believe that that is it. I'm happy to take any questions. Thank you all for um, just all the work that you've done to get us to this place so far. Um, We're very excited to be here, so thank you.
0: Thank you for that report. Commissioner, questions? Uh, Commissioner Beckman.
15: Thank you very much for the great work on this thus far. I'm thinking about how this uh, can or should interface with the climate adaptation planning processes that a lot of our cities are going through. Um, I think the the obvious uh, would be like you know drawing from here. You've clearly presented all of our transit assets for us. Um, easy to draw from that. Are there other ways that that we could be collaborating with you guys on this process uh, to make both this process and like city level adaptation planning processes more efficient?
18: That's a great question. Um, We will be meeting with uh, the Public Works Directors soon um, to begin to engage on that process of design and transportation assets, because we really feel like it's important to get the Public Works Directors input um, on what can move forward in each of the local jurisdictions and also understanding what some of the barriers may be to incorporating some of these projects and changes. So we will expect to go and work with them on that. A part of that will be identifying in uh, different ways that we could streamline these processes. And also helping with the implementation plan in the future. What can we include in this plan that will help TAM create action um, in the future and what the next steps look like beyond this once this is all completed. So
15: great. And I know I know I don't have to say this, but that should very much be a two-way dialogue. So if there is anything that uh, our public works departments can provide to help you fill out this plan, um, I'm sure we're we're all eager to help.
18: Yeah, we're looking Thank forward you. to it. Thank you.
0: Commissioner we're sure we're
15: Yeah. Thank you, Michaela. Really good update.
0: And thanks for joining me on the field trip in Stinson a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. My question really is about your focus areas and should projects come online that we don't know about and you expand that focus area? I think
2: I, I know of a project that Caltrans has that you don't have on your list, but it's not for public
9: knowledge yet.
18: That's super interesting. Thank you for letting me know.
9: Glad to talk Um, to you offline.
18: Yes, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a huge part of this, is there are so many projects that have whispers and we know about just through conversations, but it's hard because there's not official documentation on them. So to the extent possible, we will try to incorporate any current planning and understanding of design processes so far. Um, but knowing that the focus areas are also meant to be soft and to encompass that if there is a project in the future, TAM would like to support it and make sure that we have that opportunity.
19: And just to follow up on that, um, we do have Caltrans representation on our TAC. We are meeting with them pretty frequently given the efforts that Caltrans has undertaken on Highway 1 and region-wide with their adaptation priorities report um so there is that ongoing dialogue and happy to report that there's a lot of engagement from our district partners in this process for the record the, the chair is a little small right now uh, <laughs>
0: uh commissioner mayor kate
5: thank you Michaela. that was a great report and i'm really delighted that tam is try- pulling together all this information to your point there's been a lot of studies done throughout all our jurisdictions so this document is fantastic Um, i just had a couple questions comments uh Rafael has the equity layer and when you look at it and i was hoping on the write-up page that that's actually called out because i think it's the only city that has that mtc equity layer so if that could be part of the narrative on the individual page would make sense um and then and two other questions on that when you're trying to get your hands around each of our jurisdictions was there a consideration to including population numbers within those boundaries. Again, I can't speak to the other jurisdictions, but I sure know how dense the area that has been mm-hmm. outlined in San Rafael. And I think that's just, again, uh, putting context to, um, to the map. So that would be a suggestion. And then finally, and again, I know it's very much a transportation focus, um, the areas inside the soft black lines mm-hmm. heard that, uh, does include some really critical infrastructure for San Rafael, we have some major pumps that keep the streets from flooding. And the only reason I mention that is none of the transportation will be working if those pumps um, get to the point where they're not working. Obviously, we're not asking Tam to take over the pumps or anything, but but just to recognize, um, I mean, that that is uh, infrastructure, that's um, uh, the word that I'm looking for, commitment, or um, we've been giving resources to that to really make sure that that doesn't happen in that area, but it is really critical because of all the lines that go through there, yeah. transit lines.
18: Absolutely um yes to start um for the EPCs throughout Marin County um there is also Marin City um so I apologize that it's not represented in the images that were included in the packet um but when we present the final memo it will include a matrix of all of the different um things that we identified the hazards the transportation assets and the equity priority community definitions so it will be laid out in a lot more detail um similar to the existing plan review memo that was also included in the packet um it's it should be something close to 60 pages long which will have all of that information so look forward to that um as far as the population density that's a really good point um i am not sure i don't think that we included that as a part of this that's a i think it's a very good idea though we will be moving forward and thinking about the transportation network as a whole and how it interfaces and to your last point about if this fails then what does this mean for the transportation network and connectivity across the entire system, um, we want to bring that into the adaptation solutions and strategies part as well. Um, So we will be, to the extent that we possibly can, where we know that there are pump stations or different culverts and things like that, that um, may, if they fail, then it would mean this. We're going to try to incorporate that um, because it's one whole network um, and we want to make sure that we're also incorporating the density aspect to that as well. one other thing we'll be including is transit ridership um, into this as well so mm-hmm. knowing that there are different transit stops but also seeing where um, people are going as well as um, of course active transportation assets um knowing that they're extremely critical and all of that we're going to try to incorporate into the next steps
5: yeah no this document is fantastic and as we all know with the rise in the bay the first part of marin county that gets inundated is the canal neighborhood so I'm really happy that this focus is here. And again, just hats off. I thought it was a great report.
0: Commissioner Katrano.
8: Yes. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Michaela, Derek, thank you again. I had a question that I wanted to raise once more. I know it came up at XCOM. Um, but with regard to um adaptation solutions and strategies, you know, I think uh anytime there's a, a climate intersection with TAM, there are a lot of folks in the in the community and in the county that get charged up and are like, all right, Tam, Tam has a lot of money. Tam's going to solve our problems, et cetera, et cetera. We see it with, you know, EV charging and stuff like that. But, um, when it comes to sea level rise and groundwater rise and the impact for transportation facilities, I'm curious, do you all envision in those adaptation solutions and strategies calling out like where you see Tam's lane for the commissioners and for the public and like what other parties might need to focus on more than Tam?
18: Yes, I apologize. We talked about that internally after the XCOM and I forgot to mention it during my presentation, but that's a huge part of this is what is TAM's role and what does this mean for Measure AA and this program moving forward. Um, We want to use it to the best of our ability and we want to make sure that we're understanding what our role is in this space, knowing that there are so many other projects and plans also going on simultaneously. What does that mean for us and where do we best serve the community in that way and what does that look like that will be a part of the um task five and probably part of task four as well looking at the solutions and strategies and the governance part of it as well so thank
8: you excellent thank you commissioner saget
4: yeah so um under the plan review number four is the adaptation concepts Are you also looking at not specifically adaptation as in a new project or construction but replacement so those questions about like if if culverts or pump stations have to be replaced at the end of their life is this the time to look if they need to be moved 30 feet inland Um, kind of those incremental changes versus the bigger projects or are the is this really only looking at the larger scale
18: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The adaptation solutions will look at some of those short term lower cost um, projects that um, could move forward and help address some of the near term sea level rise and flooding issues that we're seeing. Um, That will be one of the questions that we want to discuss with the public works directors at the MPWA meeting uh, coming up but that will be something that we'll incorporate which is the short term solutions and what is kind of that low hanging fruit that we could tap into. Early on, as well as the long-term solutions, so those larger, more regional projects, um, we want to make sure that we're not missing uh, a piece of it. And knowing that they all have different merits, but they come with different levels of complexity.
0: Commissioner Rice,
7: thank you, Michaela. Excellent report as always, or presentation. And the, I haven't read all the detailed report, but but I will. Um, I have a um, few thoughts in my head, and um, I think that it really comes down to sort of that question that um, uh, Commissioner Katrana sort of uh, um, triggered was what is TAM's lane in all this sea level rise planning, adaptation, implementation? And one of the, and I think that's going to be really important because TAM can't be, um, you know, you have this just even assessment of all the plans that have been out there and identified of critical assets and vulnerable assets and you're talking about transportation assets community assets lifeline assets etc is way beyond the scope of what tam normally does or it and 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 frankly even with our very generous measure a even even all of measure a for suddenly to go to sea level rise project is not going to be enough to um to um, support, to, to resource the adaptation that needs to happen in terms of what's there. So I think really figuring out Tams Lane is going to be important. I, um, and also, um, but as a starting point, I, I think that's this is going to be helpful, another layer of help and value add to cities and towns as you're working on your own local, on local, very local projects. But obviously within the same scope of these, Lobby lines, there are um, regional assets. And I think that, um, you know, that that's a whole nother conversation, which TAM will have a role in, certainly, especially with, with regards to transportation. But it uh, sort of tees up my question, too. And if you could speak to a little bit about um, how you think that the TAM work and this work is going to integrate with, um, this the the work that the county anticipates doing with the cities and towns as we figure out how we're going to approach some of these more regional issues um at a county wide level, because there's going to have there's going to be limited funding. There should be a lot of funding, but it's not gonna be enough. It's going to be limited. It's not going to come all come at once. We can't all be competing for it at once, and it feels like there needs to be a strategy, especially when it comes to those regional. Regional assets, So maybe you can speak to the transportation front, but I do think it's important because some of us know about this RFP that is out to to try to wrap our arms around as a broader community, how we're going to approach this at a countywide scale.
18: Yeah, it's a great point. Um, and we are really, really looking forward to that RFP and how that process develops, um, because that will also help inform what Tim's role is. Um, and so the timelines are um we're going to do our best to incorporate everything um as the uh, current as we can um, but we do think that there are potentially different roles for tam we as a part of the existing plan review but as an ongoing development of our governance review task now we'll be looking more explicitly at what other countywide transportation agencies what other congestion man- management agencies have done for some of those more regional projects mm-hmm. um and what role what other examples there are um, of projects and the funding mechanisms that they've used and what examples there are of different ctas and cmas involvement in those plans Mm -hmm. to help us set an understanding of what that might look like for tam Um, but then also to lean on you all at the end of this uh, it's going to come down to the board and your help in guiding us through this and understanding all of these different plans um, and agencies that are all undertaking different projects, um, and seeing our role as a coordinator as well in a lot of it between MTC, Caltrans, BCDC—we're all moving forward different sea level rise and adaptation efforts themselves. Um, so, being able to coordinate those with the county and with the local jurisdictions will be a big part of this. Um, so it's a great point and we're we're making sure to make note of it.
7: No, I think it's I think actually we're getting that this is not only gonna be complementary to that other work, but frankly getting us if if we can get out a little bit ahead, I, I would not I to become earmarked for you know sea level rise adaptation projects and the farther ahead we are on this as the as the transportation agency, as it were, um towards on the planning front, I think the more competitive we will be, but um, it's it's important work, but I don't, I, I also uh, hopeful that we are being really mindful. I know you're working closely if everybody trying to be complimentary and not doing redundant work. And frankly, when there's that many plans that have already been done, it makes me feel like everybody's a little scared to jump into the pool.
19: <laughs> Just to add on to the complimentary approach, we are working closely with the CAO's office on their sea level rise work as well at the county Um, and we're trying to understand within each of these focus areas where assistance is needed and what that assistance level is and so as the county is working through that governance process um, you know there are going to be decisions about the level of governance and the players in that conversation and we need to be articulate with where what agencies need to be at the table for the transportation assets And that's what we're trying to identify in this process. So a very complimentary effort that is going to be working closely with the county effort as well. Nice. Thank you for those comments. Uh, Commissioner Rice, any
0: public comment in the room? Online, Jennifer?
1: Yes. Warren Wells, please unmute.
17: Hi, Commissioners, this is Warren Wells uh, from the Marin County Bison Coalition. Uh, a big thanks to staff for this report. I, yeah, I want to make sure that, you know, as we're thinking about adaptation, adapting to sea level rise, we make sure our um, transportation facilities are included as well You know, in Marin because the, the Bay Trail makes up a, a large portion of our county's all ages and abilities network because of its location, it's particularly threatened by rising tides. Um, Director Richmond mentioned a report, CalFriends has announced a project to raise or to, Flood mitigation on U- a segment of U.S. 101 between Marin City and the Manzanita Park and Ride. Uh, parallel to this is one one mile freeway is a segment of the Mill Valley Salcedo Path, um, and, and the freeway and the, and the path are the only two ways of getting getting between Southern Marin and the rest of the county. Um, and it's the, the mean the path is the only way for someone traveling outside our car or a bus. Um, it frequently sees sometimes multiple thousands of people walking and biking per day but due to its high use, it's already subject to significant flooding. And, and during the recent storms, it's actually been on water a lot of the time, forcing people traveling by bike to either turn back or ride on the US 101 shoulder, um, which many have done. And we're urging Caltrans to incorporate the adaptation for the path into their freeway project. We can't simply raise the highway and allow the path to drown, cutting off Carlos Marinites from friends, family recreation, jobs, and school. And I just would urge the board and staff to find a way to highlight the importance of this particular path in the pro- in this process, potentially as part of the upcoming implementation plan and to help push to push Caltrans to do the right thing and incorporate the pathway into their project. You know, sea level rise will require holistic approaches rather than addressing one mode at a time. Um, and just one concrete recommendation I have on the report in table A1, the adapt, adapt, adaptation strategy section It mentions elevating roads, but I would urge adding uh, multi-use trails or pathways either that line or, or on its own item. And thank you all for your time and consideration. I look forward to seeing this project moving forward.
0: Any additional public comment, Jennifer?
1: I don't see any additional hands raised at this time, Chair.
0: Great, so we'll bring it back here. This was a discussion item. Do we have any closing comments? Seeing none, thank you all. We are adjourned.